This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich and today's episode is called Better Conversations, Better Business. My guest today, Douglas Squirrel, has been coding for 40 years and has led software teams for 20. He uses the power of conversations to create dramatic productivity gains in technology organizations of all sizes. His experience includes growing software teams as a chief technology officer in startups from fintech to biotech to music and everything in between. He has consulted on product improvement at over 200 organizations in the UK, US, Australia, and Europe, he has coached a wide variety of leaders in improving their conversations, aligning to business goals, and creating productive conflict. He lives in Frogholt, England, in a timber frame cottage built, get this, in the year 1450. Douglas Squirrel, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Hi, Tom. Glad to be here. Very happy to have you here. And before we got on the air, you were telling me a story about a company you had worked with that had this project that was stuck in the mud, seven years and counting. The tech people were mad at the marketing people. The marketing people were mad at the tech people. Tell us that story and how you came in and, and resolved the issues. Absolutely. And, and I'll say this, I was the catalyst. The people in the organization had the difficult conversations that resulted. Sure. So uh, this organization makes a product. It's a product we all use, we all know about, we, we all understand it. I'm not going to go into the details to save their, their blushes, but they uh, had a marketing team that had hundreds of ideas, literally just loads and loads of new products, new things they could produce in their factory. The operations people were ready to produce these new things, um, the, the machines were ready. Everything was there except the technology. And the, the software that ran the machines and connected them up to the, uh, the, the website and so on and let people buy the products was uh, creaky and old and unmaintainable and unchangeable. But don't worry, there was something new coming. There, the tech people were working on the new thing. And they had, were always about six months from being done with the new thing. And they had been in that state for seven years. So this business had been stuck, unable to take advantage of the new machines in the factory, the new uh, products, the new ideas that were flooding in for that time. Now, the easy thing to do is to say, oh, those bad tech people, it's all their fault. They did the wrong thing, which is partly true. The tech people had not run things well, had not managed it well. But if you went and asked them, what they would say is, uh, hang on, those marketing people, they're always changing their minds and they always have to shift around what we're doing and they give us new things to do. And, and so, uh, the, you know, they're the ones with the problem. And the marketing folks, of course, said, well, this, the tech people would just pull their fingers out, figure out what's going on, um, uh, get us a new system. We, we, we'd be happy. The difficulty was that nobody was making a hard decision. And the hard decision was out of the hundred things, we're going to do these 10. 
because the marketing people, of course, being marketing people, always had new, crazy, wonderful, fantastic ideas. And there were more ideas than the tech people could keep up with. But no one within the business was um, uh, uh, disappointing people, hopefully, and saying, all right, fine, we're going to concentrate on this piece. We're going to get that live. We're going to use this machine and not that machine. And after we've done that one, then we'll move on to the, the next 10. And so that was what I helped them to do is I helped them to put in place some people uh, within the business who were, who were not the most, by the way, the most powerful or the most experienced folks, but they were the ones who touched all the pieces. They knew where everything worked. There's somebody from the factory end and somebody from the uh, slightly more tech end. And I got them together and I said, you decide and you tell the CEO which things we're going to do. And you tell the chief marketing officer things we're going to do and not. And you tell the chief technology officer, you're going to build this one, but not that one. Um, and once we got that decisiveness in place and we built the trust around these two folks being able to make it happen, they did. And uh, we got live uh, painfully and uh, with a lot of disappointment. People wished they could have had more things. But once we got to that difficult conversation, it wasn't the, the, the bits and bytes. It wasn't the computers and it wasn't the marketing people. It was the lack of the decision making between them that was the, the problem. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And I loved a phrase that you used a moment ago. No one was disappointing people helpfully. Oh, that's something <laughs> I teach people I coach all the time. Yeah. So tell us more about that idea. So uh, we're pretty good at disappointing people. At least we kind of understand what would be involved in that. You know, hey, Tom, sorry, I can't record the podcast today. Uh, I'm, I'm just not going to show up. That would make yeah. you pretty disappointed. And you would have said, what's this squirrel guy doing? But if I said, Tom, I can't make the podcast today because I'm going to come and do a talk for your marketing company and help them out. And I need to prepare for that. And in order to do that, and get on the plane, I, I need to, to, to work on that at this time. That would be helpful to you. And you could then have a useful conversation with me. You still might be disappointed. And sure, oh, I yeah. put aside the time for this podcast. But, but I'm explaining to you what other priority I'm putting ahead of it and how it might be beneficial to you. And you could say, hey, forget the plane trip, you know, come do the podcast. Or you could say, okay, fine, we'll move the podcast. Having a useful discussion, even if we're not agreeing. And so that's what I teach people to do is, is um, to, to make sure that they actively disappoint other people but always, always explain what the other priority is so everybody learns what that priority might be. Yeah, and that's a great segue to a principle I wanted to bring to this conversation. You run, uh, you work with tech companies, you run tech companies, but all of these principles that you're bringing to the table today apply to all businesses. That's why the exactly, title which is why the story was better. about a, a company with a with a with a factory, right? They're they're not yep. a tech company at all. A manufacturing company. And and the word that you used in describing what you've done and describing that idea of disappointing people helpfully was because. It's not just about saying, you're not going to get what you want. I'm going to disappoint you. It's here's the deal because. And that word is so powerful. Robert Cialdini, who, who wrote the great book, uh, Persuasion, um uh, or influence it it uh, the subtitle yeah, is, is the the science of persuasion the i think the book is called influence anyway mm -hmm. cialdini talks about the importance of that word in all facets of communication including marketing so if mm -hmm. you say that we are raising our prices because you're going to still have clients who support and love you and stick with you but if you just provide disappointing news and and Surprise, 
here's the disappointing news. Without that word because, all hell breaks loose. Exactly. And one of the great benefits also of disappointing people, helpfully, is you share a priority uh, framework that helps mm -hmm. them make better decisions for themselves. Um, there's a wonderful story uh, about Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, had the very first iPod on his desk because the engineers had bought it, brought it to him with wires hanging out of it and so on. You know, it's this tiny device that was going to take over from the Sony Walkman. So if we remember all the way, I know you remember back that far. Some some uh, listeners yeah. might not be old enough, but I can tell <laughs> you that was really revolutionary. And he had the first one on his desk and he picked it up and he looked at it and he said, guys, this, this, this is uh, too big. It, it, it doesn't work. You have to make it smaller. And they said, my God, Steve, look, it fits. It, it goes in your pocket a thousand songs. He walked over to the aquarium in his uh, office. He had this giant aquarium with lots of fish. And he dropped the only iPod in existence, right? They didn't have another one. It's the prototype. He dropped it in. And he said, look, there are air bubbles coming out of it. That means there's space and you can make it smaller. So don't yeah. come back to me until it's smaller. And the important thing about this is, first of all, they were really disappointed, right? But it was extremely helpful to them because they knew what the standard was. The important thing about this story is I'm telling you and your listeners this story. I never worked at Apple. I never met Steve Jobs. But it was such an engaging story. It was such a clear disappointment with a clear message, a clear because, that it spread through the whole company. And there were all kinds of decisions that people made that had nothing to do with Steve Jobs. He never saw them. He never knew about them. And they said, well, you know, we don't want to wind up in the aquarium. And yep. then it got out of Apple, and now we know it, and I can tell you. So you get that kind of viral effect from clearly yeah. disappointing people. And guess what? Us technologists, we're really good at disappointing people. We have a lot of disappointment to share because we can't do as much as everyone else might like. But if One we can hit. get good at that and everyone else can help us get good at that, we can have so many more productive conversations. Yeah, I love that that Steve Jobs story and, and vision and because and a common purpose and clarity. It, it, again. This applies to all businesses, not just businesses who are creating tech. There's a similar story that came out of uh, Palm uh, when they were first developing the Palm Pilot. Same mm -hmm. idea. And the, the story I've heard is that the guy who ran the team had a block of wood that was exactly the size that he wanted the device to be. And he yep. would be in meetings Use the and device. people would be. Size the wood. Yep. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Got to do it again. Yeah, and, and he'd be in meetings and people would be throwing out ideas and the dynamic you describe, the idea people and marketing people are saying, oh, let's add this. And the tech people are saying, everybody's fighting. And somebody would say, let's add this. And he'd toss the block of wood to them and say, where are you going to put it? Mm -hmm. And same idea, same idea. Yep. In your bio, Douglas, you, you talk about the idea of creative conflict, productive, excuse me, productive conflict. Absolutely. Very important. Talk about that difference between counterproductive conflict and productive conflict. Oh, fantastic. So um, let me think of a really good client example recently. Um, and it's it's coming to me. Sorry. It's okay. um, yeah. So uh, uh, perfect one. Uh, I've got a client, again, uh, has a tech component, um, and that's the person I'm coaching but a huge non-tech component. They do um, outdoor activities in the United States. And um, they have a, um, a salesperson who uh, really had an unproductive conflict with the person I'm coaching. And that person just gave them a, a lot of very personal attacks. 
and described to him, you know, why he just didn't understand the outdoor market. He didn't understand any of the people that they were marketing to. Um, he and his tech team were not producing the right stuff. You know, exactly that kind of butting heads, um, unproductive conflict that you uh, uh, that you described. And uh, the uh, person I'm coaching came to me and said, what do I do with this? I said, well, you can do one of two things. You can decide this guy's a bozo. And, and he may be, he may, you know, I've encountered three psychopaths in my career in 200 different companies. Um, and uh, some of them you just can't work with. And, and he may be that. He said, you know, I really don't think he is. I, I think there's something else going on here. I said, yeah, I think so too. So what you need to do is instead have a productive conflict with him. And to do that, you're going to have to understand his language. And mm-hmm. so the thing he's practicing is his homework. I'm going to hear about it tomorrow. I'm, I'm curious to see how it went for him is to go to that person and understand uh, his story and how he got from a disappointment where the tech team hadn't completed something to you don't know anything about uh, our market. You, you don't understand these things. You're, you're hopeless because mm-hmm. there's some steps in between those. And if, if my guy can understand that, He'll build trust with the person who's giving him this uh, uh, this grief, and then he can come back to him with a very different type of conversation. He yep. can say, well, is this one of those times where I haven't disappointed you? Helpfully, I've just told you I'm not getting it done mm-hmm. because I thought I did, but I need to do more. Or is this one of these times where the CEO has been telling you that I'm not working the way I should? And should we go back to the CEO and jointly work together on a presentation to, to her? Um, there, there are lots of different things that could be going on that would be feeding this behavior. And you don't know what they are. You think you do. You think, oh, this guy's an idiot. He's just, you know, he's out to get me. And this is, uh, you come up with lots of explanations. You don't know whether those explanations are true. And if you want to invest the time and energy in having a productive conflict with the person, that's going to be difficult. That's going to be tiring. That's going to take work from you. But you're going to have a much better result. And uh, this guy says, look, I'm I'm in the company with him. He needs to sell my products. We need to do something about this. I'm willing to put the energy in. So I'm very proud of him for for trying it. We'll see how it works. But that's what I teach people to do with tech people, with marketing people, with customer service, with sales. It it happens anywhere in the business. And what at the heart of that story is coaching your client to empathize with the person he's having conflict with. Exactly, which is terribly where... difficult when they're telling you you suck, right? Well, it's hor- yeah. Horrible yeah. to do, but it's it's so valuable. Yeah, it it is. And I often talk about the fact that the things that make great marketers great marketers are the same things that make great leaders great leaders because mm-hmm. great marketers start by looking at their prospect, empathizing, where are they now? What are the problems? What are the pains they're feeling? What's What are their frustrations? Where do they want to go? That gets back to vision, mission, because, because mm-hmm. ultimately everybody ought to be in the same, have a, have a same, the same understanding of where they want to go or why they're doing what they're doing. And then once you have agreement on those two things, talking about the means to that end is so much easier than than when you don't have those two things the beginning and the end in alignment and you're talking about doing that in marketing you can't talk about my widget until you have established where are you now prospect and where do you want to go now i can tell you why my widget is going to enable that that journey same thing in what you're talking about 
understand where the per, where the person is, where everybody in the company wants to go. And now let's talk about how we can reach agreement on approach and and which thing to do first, all those things. It, it really is a, a very similar formula that you're talking about. It is, but the, the key thing about it is how difficult it is. And yep. so uh, one, of, one of the things that I'm sure you encounter all the time when you're marketing better marketing and you're helping people to understand how to do it better is that uh, people say, well, gee, could you just give me a shortcut? You know, could you give me some yeah, neat right. tool? Could we get AI to produce all my content? And, yeah. and you have to explain to them, hang on, AI is not going to go through this process that we just talked about. AI is not capable of empathy. We haven't built software that does that. And we're not planning to anytime soon. Yeah. So sorry, you can't get, there's no royal road here. There's no quick fix where you will suddenly get your messages through. And the same thing is true when you're managing an organization and you're working with, say, a technology team. Simply switching technologies or switching the agency you use for your outsourced tech or uh, shifting to some new process. I love this when people say, oh, yes, we're going to have an agile process now. That'll solve all our problems. I say, yeah, you tell me when that solved your problems. And uh -huh. <laughs> if it exactly. has, you won't need me, but it won't. You'll need me. And and yep. so a lot of those folks come back to me later saying, yeah, Squirrel, actually, that didn't help us. And I say, yeah, yeah. that's because you didn't have the conversations that uh, that caused your difficulty. Um, those are the missing conversations that that are stopping you from getting to the results you want. It's not the process. It's not the tool. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked a lot about companies. You know, you're working with larger companies, organizations, teams, and so forth. A lot of the people listening or watching maybe solopreneurs or coaches or consultants, and yet they're hiring somebody to help with their website. They're hiring a, a technologist to assist with a certain task. They're hiring a VA to help with whatever it might be. Do these principles that you're discussing apply to that circumstance? Or are we just talking about a, a situation where it applies to uh, a larger company? Loaded question. I already know the okay. answer and I, I'm, I'm well, doing it up for you. <laughs> yes, of course it does. And I'll say this, that, that I work with companies of all sizes. So I have yep. solopreneurs in my in my client base right now. I have one in Canada that I'm working with very closely. Um, okay. And I have very small organizations who uh, might not even have their own technology. They have it all outsourced to some right. agency or something. I was chatting with someone just like that uh, last week. And the um, all the same principles apply, but even more. Because in a large organization, there's a lot of friction. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, useless meetings and uh, people who have kind of baloney jobs that they, they, they don't really need to do. And um, there, there's a lot of cushion. So you can get away with a lot of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. If you're running your own business, as I do and you do, uh, and, and you're the only one, if there's two or three of you in a startup and you're, you're trying to make it go, there's no place to hide, right? So uh, right. If, if there's an unproductive conflict, you can't just avoid it. You can't say, okay, fine. Well, I'll let that division just uh, kind of be dysfunctional over there. And I'll make sure I have a, a win over here in, in, in the, the blue widgets and the red widgets will, will go south. You can't do that. Your only product is the widgets. You haven't got anything else. So uh, when that's the case, you need the difficult conversations even more, but it's even more difficult because you don't have the institutional support. Yeah. You don't have this, somebody to go back to. You don't have an HR department. You don't have those sorts of um, tools, the, the cultural reinforcement. You have to create it all yourself. So I have a lot of empathy higher. for those folks. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a difficult situation, but you still need the same tools. Yep. Amen. Uh, so where can people find your stuff? And for people who are listening and, and watching, 
what's a good starting point to begin learning from you and, and experiencing what you can offer? Sure. Well, I do tons of stuff for free. And you might think that's a, well, I suspect you would have a whole um, marketing theory about that. I just do it because it's fun. Um, but um, what I do for free mostly is at squirrelsquadron.com. You can find me at douglassquirrel.com, but squirrelsquadron.com is where I have a community of thousands of uh, tech and non-tech people working together. There are lots of communities of marketing folks and lots of communities of finance and lots of communities of CTOs. I don't know of any other one that that unifies tech and non-tech people to talk about how to improve their interactions. And that's what we do. Um, I was just uh, writing a post today on uh, you know how uh, technology is impacting fashion because we have a number of people in the fashion industry, and there's some big news over here in the UK on on the fashion front. So uh, you know we're discussing not just uh, technical topics and you know what nifty new tool and what is AI going to do. We do talk about those things in a in a a non-tech friendly way, mm -hmm. but we talk about how can you run your business more effectively? How can you make a profit out of these crazy technologists that are sat over there talking about Star Wars and, and um, uh, you know, wearing uh, uh, crazy t-shirts? Um, those geeks over there have an ability to really transform your business if you can talk to them the right way and if you can help them to talk to you the right way. So um, yep. that's the best place to find tools and materials and ideas. I do a free event every week and that sort of thing. So um, head on over to squirrelsquadron.com if you want to hear more about this. And the, the free event is a live event? and Oh, yeah. And... So I do uh, uh, mostly on Zoom, uh, so accessible to the whole world. I do them in person as well. I did Berlin and um, uh, Vienna and Miami and uh, doing London in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I get around. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And, and if somebody is interested in hiring you what does a typical engagement look like or is there such a thing as a typical oh my heavens engagement? well i do i do everything <laughs> it's you know you do it yeah. 200 times you, you get every variation in the world but um i do things like evaluations so so uh, investors hire me to check out a technology team and tell them where they're strong and weak and how they're interacting with the rest of the organization which is what most people don't do they just look at the tech itself um uh, I coach people, as I talked about before, I have clients um, who, who bring me in to coach many members of their team or just uh, one person or uh, solopreneurs who bring me to coach them and help them to run their businesses better. Um, and uh, I do strategy work as well. So if you want me to come and help your whole organization figure out where it's going, I can do that in a day rather than you know, months and months of uh, 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 document production. We'll get to uh, real real results in, a, in no more than a day with your leadership team. So That's I do all that kind of stuff and more. So uh, get in touch if you're interested. And as far as content you're putting out there, I know you have a podcast. Tell us about the podcast. So that's one I do with my co-author. So I, I guess I should show the book. I have a slightly beat up copy here of Agile Conversations. It's well thumbed because I use it a lot. Uh, that's some um, so of the podcast is called Troubleshooting Agile. Um, but uh, don't be put off by the name. We're, we're not actually advocates of any particular Agile software process or something. That may not even mean anything to you. Don't worry about any of that. What we talk about is all these difficult conversations as they apply to um, organizations of all sizes. And um, uh, in particular, we often take a technology view and we'll take a technology problem and say, here's how we helped an organization solve it. Here's how this organization could have attacked this problem. Um, and we've done, I think we're over 300 episodes now. So there's a, a big backlog. Uh, that's uh, at um, the, the best place to find all that stuff is agileconversations.com. So I'm going to give you lots of links to put in the show notes here. Sorry. We will, but, we will have them all in the show notes. If you start uh, at squirrelsquadron.com, you'll find everything else. Outstanding. Outstanding. Any parting thoughts before we call it a day? 
Um, uh, man, you know, one of the things I do with all my clients is teach them how to market internally. And I liked your comments about how important it is just like to be uh, to, to as empathetic as a great leader as it is to be a great marketer. So I may steal that from you. That's uh, that's one I really enjoyed. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Be, because if you don't tell anyone the amazing new stuff you've done in your technology organization or your marketing organization or any other part, no one will know and no one will use it. And um, it's surprising how often the organization isn't aware of something wonderful that's happening in some piece of it. So go out and market. That's my message. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And I love that that concept of marketing internally, the very principles that you bring to the outside market. Uh, business leaders should apply internally. And it's not just about cheerleading. It's about developing Very that important. sense of, of clarity. It's about- Disappoint people helpfully. Disappoint people helpfully. I love it. Douglas Squirrel, thank you so much. Really appreciate uh, everything that you bring to the table. I encourage anyone who's watching or listening to go check out the places that we talked about. You'll see all those links in the show notes. And I thank you for watching, for listening. If you want to know more about the Story Power Marketing Show, past issues, show notes, where to find it and your favorite platform, go to storypowermarketing.show and you'll find all those things, episodes, show notes, and so forth. If you want to know more about story power marketing and how to transform your content from prospect repelling to client attracting, go to storypowermarketing.com, free resources, sign up for the email list. And also if you listened or watched today and you enjoyed what you saw or heard, please go to your favorite platform, give a little five-star review. That's your way of sharing the gift with others and telling people that you enjoyed what you heard so that others may find it, discover Douglas's magic, and discover the Story Power Marketing Show. Thanks so much again, Douglas. We'll see everyone down the road. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.